it's scary to start to stare at a blank piece of paper and not know what you're going to do it's that's the hardest part as soon as you draw one line it's infinitely easier and it doesn't matter if you do that with an expensive pencil i'm sketching with a pencil that my friend brought me back from canada that is like a you know a souvenir pencil that has maple leaves all over it and the word canada written in huge writing it's it would have cost her like 50 cents you know but I like using it because it reminds me of my friends and my drawings turn out just the same. Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. I want to thank those of you who took the time to leave a rating and or a review on the iTunes App Store this week. I read every single one and I'm so appreciative. Thank you, especially big shout out to Kyle Eckert, who left a review saying that he said this. I'm in no way, shape, or form an accomplished writer or artist, but this podcast has given me so much confidence to just go out and create what fills my mind. I love hearing the personal stories from Hannah's guests. Thank you so much, Kyle. It makes my heart so happy that somebody's getting something out of this. I know I certainly am. And that's one reason why I'm super excited about today's episode. I'm excited about every episode. But today we have Kayla Coombs. Now, Kayla got her degree in science went into a great job in the science field and then quit her job because she wasn't happy and she wanted to become an artist, which that takes a lot of guts to begin with. Kayla has applied herself. She has learned the ins and outs of the type of art she wants to create and has done a fantastic job. I adore her work. She's making a living now as an artist and has not attended art school. She literally used the power of YouTube and the internet to teach herself how to create amazing art and is now making it work. She is the loveliest person and of course hails from the beautiful country of Australia. Um, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. If you are at all interested in becoming a visual artist or really uh, expressing yourself artfully in any way, I think you're going to find her story really compelling. And don't forget, check out the show notes because she talks about some really interesting YouTube videos that were turning points for her and was kind enough to share those links with me. Also, I've got links to her social feeds so you can check out her work while you listen to the show. All right. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Kayla Coombs. Kayla, I'm really, really excited to have you on Basic Brain Heart today. This is exciting. I've been keeping an eye on your work for a while now, and I'm just so excited to learn more about your journey. So thank you for taking some time. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And you live in the land down under. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's it's a bit of a, of a time change. I actually have family in Guam, not too far from there. They like to vacation. I've been to Guam. Oh, you have. <laughs> That's Bizarre, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you there for? Uh, just a couple of weeks. But I've never met anyone else that's been born. That's great. So yeah, great. my husband's family. So that's really cool. <laughs> oh, awesome. We have another thing in common. That's fantastic. Um, but I would love to hear a little bit, before we dive into your history and your journey so far, tell me what you're up to these days. Um, all right, so I'm a freelance illustrator and um, I do a lot of different kind of work. I've done like, um, like personal commissions and I've done a little bit of work for 
uh, online news stories and that kind of thing. And at the moment, I'm really excited because I've changed things up a bit and I'm working on a children's book. So I'm hoping to go more down that route in the future of like telling stories, I guess. That's uh, really visually. cool. So do you consider yourself a, a freelancer? Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. Very, that's very cool. Do you find yourself having to like hustle 50% of the time and work 50% of the time? Or right now, does it feel like people are referring you out? What what part of that journey are you kind of in right now? Oh, it really comes and goes in ways. I'll have some some months where it's just it's just tough to to rustle up work, um, especially if I'm coming off the end of a big project where I've kind of had to knock a few things back. Um, and then you get to the end and you're like, oh great, now there's nothing. Um, but but it it usually doesn't take long for it to pour in again um but it's never it's never a constant stream <laughs> <laughs> that's true I, ha- I have been a freelancer once upon a time at night it's like feast or famine and there's there's always that slight stress and worry but at the same time the freedom is is definitely a nice a nice perk um so that's cool and if and of course i think people should be checking out your work while they're listening to the podcast so hopefully they're looking at it right now um and while they while they enjoy that uh, I'd love to delve a little bit into your past. And, and I, the thing I love so far about your story is that you didn't go to art school and yet you're mm-hmm. making this thing work. So I'd love to learn about kind of uh, your family setting and when you learned you loved art and, and kind of what, what's brought you to this point. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a long and um, kind of twisting story. Well, I love like it. The- Tell it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I was born in Brisbane, um, which is uh, the capital city of the state in Australia that's really famous for beaches, um, you know, the Great Barrier Reef and all that kind of thing. Um, so it was like a very kind of warm climate. Everyone was always outdoors. Um, so as a kid, I would run around a lot, um, you know, in the backyard and you play with your friends in the street. Um, but I spent a lot of my time probably up until when I started school, around five or six, um, I spent a lot of my time with my grandparents who had at the time just retired to this small town on like a rainforest mountain range. Um, and it was, it's actually really close to the Irwin's Australia Zoo. Oh, that's that cool. Kind of area. So um, I was up there a lot and it wasn't as safe for me to just run around the backyard because I would either <laughs> run off the edge of a mountain or um, there were snakes and stuff. There was a oh, snake on the oh roof. Dear. Um, and I never saw it, but my granddad would always bring in the snake skins and, you know, we'd see it get bigger and hope you don't run into it kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I would, when I'd stay with them, um, I would get up really early in the morning um, because I was a kid and I would kind of have to occupy myself. So I learned how to work their VCR player pretty, at a pretty young age. And they had these awesome um, Disney VHS tapes, um, like old school animation shorts from like the 50s, um, you know, Chip and Dale and stuff. And so I'd watch those on mute until grandma and granddad woke up. And then, um, you know, they'd come with me outside and I'd run around for a bit where they could watch me. And then obviously they want to enjoy their day too. So we'd go inside and I'd have nothing to do. So I would just draw and it would mostly be like the cartoons that I'd watched or my granddad also had a Super Nintendo. That was his to me lovely retirement gift. 
Um, so he was super into like Super Mario and stuff. So I would draw like Mario characters and I'd draw all these kind of Disney characters. Obviously not very well because I was little, but you know, you try. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I drew a lot there and just continued um, throughout most of my childhood. Um, and then I don't really know when it happened. Sometime in high school, you kind of get the feeling that adults – you know, you study, you study something responsible and you get a job That's right. and you go to that job every day <laughs> and then you retire and then you can play Super Nintendo like my granddad. <laughs> um, so I don't really know exactly when that changed, but at some point I, I really kind of stopped drawing altogether, maybe in my early teens. Um, and I, at school, I was pretty good at maths and science. So I really chose all those kind of subjects and, um, and studied really hard and ended up uh, getting a scholarship to move to Melbourne, which is right in the south of Australia. Um, I just, I kind of felt like Brisbane was getting a bit too small for me. I don't know. It's one of those places where you go to the shops and you see people that have known you since you were in nappies. And <laughs> I was just ready for a fresh start, I guess. Yeah. So at 17, I moved to Melbourne and I studied a science degree. That's, um, yeah, that's cool. Was any particular science or just science in general? I majored in chemistry. Okay, that's cool. And then yeah. you ended up, it sounds like, not liking it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I got this degree and um, I was like, yep, I need to join the workforce now. This is what adults do. Look at me go. And so I got a job, which I was really pleased about because science can be a bit of a tough industry in terms of job security um, because a lot of research-based and that means you need funding and you might have to move around a lot. But I was lucky enough to get a job in industry. So I worked for a company that made scientific instruments. And I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I worked there for a year and a half I think um, but by the year point I was like this is not for me I need to hatch an exit plan um, but I had no idea what I was yeah. gonna do and what, so, can we talk uh, a little and, bit about that time like what did you feel like emotionally every day at work like what because that had to have been a pretty strong emotional struggle to have prompted you to do a complete 180 yeah, it was it was pretty rough. I, I remember on my 21st birthday when I'd been working there for almost a year, um, you know, people in their speeches were saying like, oh, you know, we're so proud of you. You've got this job and, you know, you're so accomplished for a young person or whatever. And on the inside, I was like, oh, no, like from the outside, I can I can see where they're coming from. I'm very fortunate and I'd worked hard to get to that point, but it just didn't feel right in my gut. And, you know, every day going to work, it was like, you know, you'd be there for a couple hours and you'd think, oh, is it five o'clock yet? Like, oh, not, not quite. It's only 11. Um, and some days were better than others and some days were worse than others. But um, ultimately, I was like, I can't do this for the next 40 years because, you know, I was young and that's really, that's the prime time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no way am I doing this for another 40 years, like, let alone another five years, let alone another one year. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I, 
I didn't know what I was going to do though. I just know I just knew that I needed to be out of there, hmm. which was I guess a good place to start. Absolutely. And so, yeah. talk to me a little bit about what got you interested in art again, and and because uh, that had to be a little bit daunting, because obviously you didn't necessarily study it, and you'd done it a lot as a kid and maybe as a teenager, but um, that's a pretty big leap. How did you get there? Yeah, I um. I really didn't do any art from probably the age of 13 to 19. It was a long time. Um, And it was literally none at all. Um, And then when I decided that I wanted to leave my job, I was trying to think of what's my exit strategy going to be. I need a plan. I can't just quit and sit on the couch all day. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that might be all right for a week, but I'm one of those people that need something to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Good for you. So, <laughs> you know, once you've watched everything on Netflix, I'd be like, all right. It's true. Need to do something. <laughs> um, and so I kind of just started with a list of what what am I interested in and what am I good at? And it needed to be both. And my problem with going into my science degree and short-lived science career was that it was something that I was good at, but not something that I was interested in. And so I was like, this next career choice needs to have both of those. Um, And I made this short list and I kind of realized that it was all visual stuff, like whether it was graphic design or um, illustration, I kind of listed them from most likely to least likely. And um, a major one, early on when I was trying to decide what I was going to do um, was actually tattoo artistry because I was like, here's an, an area where I can draw and, but it's got a kind of reliable income. If you're good, you know, if you're working in a shop, people will come in all the time. You don't have to, you know, be broke for a month and then get a heap of work or, you know, there'll be no kind of, um, scary artists dry spells I guess so I was kind of thinking of going into that um and it hadn't really popped into my head at all the idea of any kind of cartooning or illustration like what I do now because that just seemed like something that was so far-fetched for someone like me that had no training um so I kind of thought okay maybe I'll be a tattoo artist and I started to draw again but it was all um like grey-led realism stuff Um, because I was like, that's a lot of what the tattooing is. There's a lot of portraits. Um, You know, there is a little bit of the new school style, which is like the cartoony style, but not a lot. Like I need to be able to draw flowers and, you know, all that standard stuff and monsters and, you know, landscapes and stuff. So I did that while I was still at work. Um. And that was my plan until a friend of mine um, who I went to primary school with and we actually sat next to each other on the first day of grade one. Um, she, she had just started a six month um, college program thing at Walt Disneyland, oh. Walt Disney World. Oh, sorry. that's awesome. Um, yeah, anyway, she was working over there um, for six months and she messaged me and she said, Beyonce is touring. <laughs> you should come. 
And I thought, oh, yeah, that'd be great, haha. And then she was like, no, you should come. And I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> and so and so I organised this trip to go and visit my friend. Um, and the whole plan was that, um, you know, Beyonce would be the focal point of this trip. Hmm. But, um, you know, obviously she was working at Disney and she said, you know, you should come and see the parks. I'll show you around. You know, I can hook you up with some insider, like, you know, little tips and tricks. That's cool. And so I thought, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I do like animated movies, but by that point I was so far detached from it. Yeah. That, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that same immediate love that I might have had when I was a kid and that I have now. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I met up with her the first day. We went to Magic Kingdom and... I don't know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks looking at Cinderella's castle and I was mm. like, this is, this is magic. Like, I know it sounds really corny. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I completely agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I kind of knew then that like mm. I will do whatever it takes to make this work for me. Mm. You know, like the idea of drawing made-up characters that means something to people that, you know, people can relate to um, in the same way that I felt when I was there. And in particular for me, it's The Little Mermaid. Um, and so, like, I, <laughs> it was just a really emotional day for me. I kind of had this realisation, this is what I meant to do. And my friend took me around the park for the first half of the day and then she had to go to work. She was working at the Art of Animation Resort. So for the second half of the day, I was just on my own, um, walking around <laughs> Walt Disney World, and it was so good. I just did whatever I wanted, and I I went on this. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but yeah, the the Little Mermaid kind of like a it's like a ride, but not really. You know, you sit in a little cart and you go and it plays the music, and I because I was on my own, often they put me in my own little car on my own. I was like, this is great. And I was just going around there and it was, it was just so much. And I was just like crying. I thought, thank mm. God no one else in this car with me. <laughs> and I hope it's going to be dark for another five minutes. So I don't look like a mess when I get out. Oh, man. If I didn't look like another enough at the start, getting on the ride on my own, I, I would have looked again. But it was, it was just something where it all kind of just came rushing back to me. And mm. I was like, I think I know what I need to do now. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. And how have your family and friends kind of been about that transition in your life? Have they been supportive? Has it been tricky to convince them that, you know, this is the way to go? Um, my family have been super, super supportive. That's great. Um, my parents are really good. They, you know, I told them that I wanted to study science. They were like, yep, great. We're happy for you. And I told them that I wanted to quit my job and be an artist and they said yep great we're happy for you so, <laughs> that's awesome they, I love it they don't mind at all um you know they're supportive of whatever I do which has been really fortunate that's awesome um, do you have any siblings I have a brother yeah a younger brother um and he has actually just finished high school and he reckons he wants to study science <laughs> you're like here we go <laughs> <laughs> it runs in the family I love it no, that's so cool. So once you got back after that really profound experience you had, what were your next steps? I mean, did you start, um, did you, did you stick with paper? Did you, uh, try to kind of get some tools to 
really turbocharge your skills in that different direction as opposed to photorealism? Kind of what were your next steps? Um, so when I got back, I I had a few projects on the go at work. So I knew that I couldn't quit immediately and that it was going to be about four or five months until I could quit. Um, and so in the meantime, I thought to make this more bearable for myself, I need to be actively doing something. So I enrolled in this online course, which was um, meant to be just kind of an introduction to um, illustration and cartooning. Um, and that was good because I could do it like whenever I wanted um, with my work schedule, I couldn't commit to going to classes or anything. So having it online was really good. Um, and it was a good way for me to feel like I was doing something and learning, even though I was still stuck at my job. But in hindsight, it, the course itself taught me very, very little. And that was kind of a cautionary tale for me of just because you paid for something or you're going through an institution doesn't mean that it's more useful than things that you can hmm. find for yeah. free. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> YouTube or, you University. Know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the star pupil. <laughs> That's super interesting. Yeah, I think that, and there are so many different um, sort of online uh, tutorial, like paid services that are popping up that I think sometimes people forget that, you know, just start with YouTube. Just start with what's free and really apply yourself and, you know, you can get some of those basic skills going without paying for something necessarily. And yeah, there might be some stuff that's worth paying for, but that's a great point. I love it. So, yeah, I well, think yeah. you really hit the nail on the head with, like, your starting point can be small. You don't have to go all out and enroll in an art school first thing. If you're just wanting to test the waters, yeah, just have a look at a YouTube tutorial on how to draw a nose or I don't know. Oh, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people too, one thing that I'll see a lot of, because I, I like to stalk really great artists on Instagram or other places. And sometimes I'll just kind of mosey through the comments and you'll see a lot of young artists saying things like, I wish I had the tools you had, or if only I had the tools you had, then I could become good at art. But um, that's, it's really not about the tools. You can start with whatever you have. I mean, you see people painting with you know, old coffee from a coffee cup onto a napkin and, and making something out of it. It's not so much about the tools. While those can be great and helpful, it's about kind of what, you know, what you're doing, what you can with what you have, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. Totally. I know for me, when I was starting out, um, not having the tools was a very effective procrastination technique. <laughs> like, oh no, I can't draw today. I don't have a professional pencil or whatever. You know, it's just stupid. But I in reality, it. it's scary to start. It's to terrifying. To stare at a blank piece of paper and not know what you're going to do. It's, that's the hardest part. As soon as you draw one line, it's infinitely easier. And it doesn't matter if you do that with an expensive pencil or like at the moment, I still do all of my sketches on paper, even though most of my final work is digital now. Um, I'm sketching with a pencil that my friend brought me back from Canada that is like a, you know, a souvenir pencil that has maple leaves all over it and the board Canada written in huge writing. I love it. It's, it would have cost her like 50 cents, you know. <laughs> but 
I like using it because it reminds me of my friends and my drawings turn out just the same. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, that's so amazing. So after you tried that online course that really didn't teach you much, um, were you discouraged? How, what, did, what did you do next? Um, I, I kind of didn't really know what to think. I, I thought for a while that maybe it just wasn't for me. Maybe I'd had this idealized view in my mind of this is something I was good at as a child. Um, and so I'll be good at it now. And maybe that just wasn't true. Um, and so I kind of, I took some time, this was late last year. Um, and I went back to my parents' house over Christmas and I just kind of like chilled out and I wasn't super happy with the progress I'd made since I'd actually quit my job. So I, I quit um, in August and by this point it was December and the only learning tool I'd had was this course. And I was like, oh, you know, where to from here kind of thing. And I just thought about like, what do I wish I could do better? You know, make a little list. I'm a very list friendly person, I guess. Um, and I was like, well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to be able to draw a character just poof out of my brain, you know, and not be looking at anything else, not be like, you know, just trying to draw Mickey Mouse or Ariel. I'd like to just be able to create something. And then, so if that's my goal, how can I get there? Well, I need to know anatomy. Otherwise my mm. character's going to look weird. <laughs> True. <laughs> and so you kind of, you kind of break it down into manageable steps. Like today, I'm going to learn proportions of the human body. And I know that's a huge topic, but the real fundamentals of that you could, you could study in a day. And so I just kind of broke it down like that. And whatever I wanted to learn, I would basically just Google it or YouTube search it. And I would just watch and watch and read and read everything that I could. Yeah. And I still do. Are there any particular YouTube channels that you've really, really appreciated and found very, very helpful or content creators that you really have enjoyed what they've put out? Um, the one that was really pivotal for me when I moved from traditional to digital art um, was, the, it was just this singular video by um, Eric Goldberg, who is a um, Disney animator who was responsible for the genie in Aladdin. And um, it was just this one video that he did in partnership with Wacom, I think. And he was talking about his digital drawing process. And basically he just sketched this character from a book or something that he was working on at the time. And then he uh, basically took this sketch and outlined it just in black, like in a pen equivalent on the tablet. And then just colored it in. And I was like, I can do this. I can color it in. Like, this is manageable. <laughs> because it's kind of hard when you see other people's digital art and you don't know their process. And you think, how did you get from an empty iPad to this magical work of art? I don't understand. And if you haven't been formally trained in Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever, there's all this stuff like layers and all these different brushes and it's, it's a lot to take in. So this video of him just saying, you know, I draw my character and then I do the outlines and I colour it in, I thought, I can try this. <laughs> and so I did. And so, like, that was a good jumping off point. And I don't know how I even found that video. I was well into the depths of the YouTube monster there. 
Um, so that one's a bit more niche. I'd highly recommend that. Um, and another person's videos who I watch all the time still um, is Aaron Blaze, who also used to work at Disney. Um, I think he did some animation on The Beast and he co-directed Brother Bear. He's been involved in a lot of stuff there. And he does um, really good videos on um, character design and getting flow in your characters and their backgrounds and stuff like that that really takes you from, yes, I can, I can draw to I can draw something that's visually appealing. Mm, that's really – I would love to actually – uh, park there for a second because I know I think on one of your posts recently you were talking about I think you posted a, a comparison of 11 a sketch you did I don't know maybe a year ago versus one that you just did and you were talking about how you've really learned a lot about flow in recent months and you've been doing a lot of work around flow and character mm -hmm. posing what what are some of the things that you've learned that have been really helpful? And it may be hard to describe that without visually showing it, but is there anything that you could maybe talk about that's been helpful for you? I think the main thing for me um, has been if you're going to draw someone, they need to be doing something. They can be standing there, but they need to be like they can't just stand there with their feet together and their hands down unless maybe you're doing early concept sketches but if you want this to be a finished drawing you know maybe the wind's blowing and and their clothes are kind of blown off to one side or their hair or maybe they're standing in a way that you get some kind of nice curved line from maybe an extended arm above their head all the way down to a foot and things like that make drawings look so much more visually appealing um, just by kind of giving your eyes a place to travel, it tells them where to look. Um, you kind of have a path through your drawing, which is something that I never noticed before. Um, but that's why I like looking at the artists that I like looking at because they have that. And for me, it was one of those, yeah, it was one of those things that I couldn't quite put my finger on. I was like, I know that these are better than what I do, but why? Hmm. And and when I found that it was yeah a game was changer probably kind of a moment for me yeah <laughs> that's really cool. There's a couple other things along those lines I'd love to talk about. One of them being uh, kind of color theory and anything that you've found really helpful about uh, you know use of color and composing that and, and making it really um, well I guess just visually appealing and dynamic because I think that's another beast that a lot of aspiring artists are just so intimidated by is there anything that you've you know learned that's really been a game changer for you there yeah so i have always loved bright colors like rainbow everything yes. if i had my way in my house <laughs> um and it's one of those things that as an artist you really have to control it because if you put too yeah. much color in something it looks it kind of hurts your eyes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, and if there's not enough colour, it looks, um, it kind of looks like you've drawn a corpse almost, you know, like yeah, that kind that's of, true. I don't know, dead body colour. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's been a challenge for me to find the sweet spot between me liking really bright colours and, and trying to tone them down. Um, and for me, most of my work starts from one color that I particularly like. 
Um, so one of my favorite colors is yellow and I tend to use a lot of yellow. And I've just kind of um, got a library of color palettes that I've you know, researched and are now in my head of combinations that I like. And I'm not really someone that can give a lecture on color theory because the colors I use purely just what I like. Um, and they work for me and they may not work for someone else. But I know that I like the look of yellow with like a kind of a bright pink or a blue or, you know, there are certain color combinations that I draw on. Or if I've done a drawing and I have one color in mind and I don't know what to do with it, that's where I really get stuck into some research of, um, you know, I look up the Pantone Instagram, which is just my life. Yes. <laughs> They've got all these cool color combinations that you wouldn't necessarily think of. And I, um, I use a lot of photographer's work to kind of look at just how people can put different colors together. And then um, you kind of build up a knowledge of what, what you like to look at. That's brilliant. You're, you're just full of amazing tips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. But my tips are uh, relatable, I guess, because I didn't come from an art school. So all the things that I've said, people can go and do. I literally, I pretty much just taught myself and I, I do a lot of research. And I mean, if there's one thing that I would want anyone that's aspiring to have an art career to take away from this is research. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and using the power of, you know, what's already available as opposed to thinking that, you know, you can't access what you need for free. That's awesome. I love it. This is incredible. Um, so talking about flow, talking about color, um, anything you want to mention about the use of shape? I know you've experimented some with, you know, um, mixing it up with different sort of shaped themes in characters. Is there anything that, that you might want to chat about in regards to that? Yeah, I remember, um, I think I was watching a YouTube video. I mean, that's like the word of the day. Um, uh, and I can't remember who it was, so um, unfortunately I can't give credit, but they were saying that drawing people in particular is it's all a combination of straights and curves, and you really need to have both. So for me that was kind of a pivotal moment because I was trying to draw people a little bit too realistically for kind of the style that I have, which is much more cartoony. And things like, you know, on, the, on your, like, legs, there are straights and curves. And, you know, if you look at a person, it looks like legs are pretty much, pretty much all curved, really. Maybe the shin is straight. But, you know, there are, that was something that really kind of made sense to me. I don't really know why. And so now um, in all my drawings, I try to find places where there are natural curves. I like to really accentuate the curve. And people where places where there are natural straights, I like to make them really straight. And I just find that I like the way that looks. Um, but also, like, once you kind of have a rule like that in your mind, which I always keep in the back of my mind, you can break it. So sometimes I'll do drawings with only straights just to see how it goes. And um, I kind of like that. I did one a while ago. I was sitting in the airport and um, I only used straights and I had, I drew this, oh, it was pretty much only straights. 
you know, a little bit of an exception. <laughs> but she had <laughs> she had this straight cut, like angular bob and just really angular jacket and I was like this is this kind of experiment has made her look like such a boss those straights are like strong and powerful and and just kind of exploring things like that um has been really useful for me in terms of finding shapes that's really cool now we kind of got uh well I got sidetracked on these awesome sort of themes um, but I guess I, I didn't actually ask you, what was the turning point? You, you were uh, spending your spare time learning art and really applying yourself. When did you actually decide to quit your job and pursue this full time? Well, I think that the decision to quit probably came as I was sobbing in the, <laughs> the Little Mermaid ride at Disney World. Um, I, I knew at that point that it was something that, that had to happen um but uh, in terms of when I actually handed in my four weeks notice um I had just gone on a family holiday to New Zealand we went skiing and I was there for a week and I had a really busy work schedule over the next four weeks or so I I was in New Zealand for that week and then I was going to be back in Melbourne for a week preparing to go on this Southeast Asian whirlwind trip for work where I would be giving these huge presentations for, um, you know, 500, 1,000 people. Um, and I was just dreading that trip. I thought, like, first of all, it was, I think, three or four countries in four days. Um, but it was a full-on trip and I was giving two or three speeches a day to a huge crowd um, and, you know, they ask questions afterwards. And I also found it really difficult being a young woman in that field. Um, there's a lot of extra stuff you have to deal with that's not work-related. Um, <laughs> and I particularly found, I don't know how, but while I was working this job, my the region that I looked after became um, Asia. And so I did a few trips to China and I did this last huge trip to through Southeast Asia. Um, I think I did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. Um, and one thing that I found difficult traveling to those countries is because I'm very pale, um, I would have people stopping me on the street, wanting my photo and people staring at me. Um, and so it was just a lot to, to take in of um, having to do this workshop that I didn't want to do and having all these people around me. And, and I was like, no, I need, the only way I'll get through this trip is if I put in my resignation the day I get back from New Zealand, and then I can work out some of my week's notice on this trip. And so I did. <laughs> and I hadn't told any, I hadn't told anyone at my work that um, I was really planning on doing that. I'd only shared a few of my drawings on my personal Facebook. So a few of my friends, there knew that I could draw but I just kind of came in that Monday and I was like no I'm out of here in four weeks oh, wow. <laughs> and they were uh really shocked which I don't blame them I probably could have done it better yeah uh, you know what sometimes it's those emotional catalysts that actually get us to do something <laughs> or change something that's really interesting was it terrifying you know the day you were truly done with work was it terrifying to start pursuing that what did what were your first steps in terms of trying to make a living drawing 
Well, for some reason at the time, it, I was, um, I would, I definitely wouldn't say I was confident, but I, I knew that I'd made the right decision and I was in a good position in that if I needed to go back there in a year's time, I, I probably could, or, you know, at least I had a, a science career to fall back on. That was my fallback position. <laughs> that is so interesting. Um, <laughs> so um, I think with that in mind, I kind of um, had a bit of peace of mind there. And so I just took a week off after I quit, went back to see my family in Brisbane. And then um, when I got back to Melbourne, I just started working but again like I said before the hardest thing is sitting there with a blank piece of paper in front of you so when I say I started working I mean like I started drawing maybe every second day because on those other days I would just sit there with a blank piece of paper in front of me and think um where do you start what do I do and in hindsight I don't know how I had the guts to quit a job that was so secure for a whim and this skill that I didn't even have. <laughs> um, I think it's great. I'll, it makes a great story. <laughs> I was just nuts. I don't know how no one said anything to me, to be honest. I was just being polite, I guess. <laughs> That's fantastic. So it was, I, I can only imagine how terrifying it had to have been at first. What was your first gig? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the first, the first paid job I ever did, I actually got just before I went to the US to visit my friend. Um, this girl that I went to school with messaged me and um, she said, I've seen a couple of your drawings on Facebook and um, I'm a makeup artist and I was wondering if you could draw some kind of like logo for me. And um, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And she was like, let me know how much you charge. And they're and like, I, what? But, uh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, no. What do you mean how much I charge? Um, but that, that to me was really strange. And it kind of set me on this path of, oh, okay, so people would want to pay for this? Like, all right, if you insist. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I did that job for her. And that's kind of when I started to think um, that maybe I could go freelance rather than, um, you know, having to go back to uni and get a degree and then try and, um, you know, either join an um, animation house or work for a publishing house or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that was my first paid job. And um, I remember when I finished it, she was like, um, let me know what your hourly rate is and how long it took you and I'll pay you. And I was like, no, honestly, um, you don't have to pay me. And she said, I want to pay you. How much is it? And I, I said, look, these are my account details. Just pay me whatever you feel comfortable with, thinking, oh, I've got 20 bucks out of this. That would be sick. And, um, and she paid me $50. And I thought, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, but, That's um, awesome. <laughs> but outside of that, the first freelance job that I did after I'd actually quit my job and committed to art as a career was – um, I, I worked on a uh, comic book series for this um, this company that places people with um, disabilities in appropriate workplaces. 
So they they partner with workplaces that are willing to have someone with a mental or physical disability come and work for them, and then they they place people in areas that they think they'd like. You know, they had contacts in the industry and hospitality and all that kind of thing, and they wanted these um, comic books done up for the the people that worked at this company. Um, to learn about their customer service standards because they also employed a lot of people that were on the spectrum um, and had trouble reading these long, boring protocols on customer service, like all of us would. So they wanted to turn it into a comic book series. And so um, I did that for them and that was my first my first paid job That's and it was cool. awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. What are your favorite tools to use these days? I think I, I believe you use a lot of iPad Pro. Uh-huh. Yes. Very I cool. um I when I when I swapped from traditional to digital art, I I had an iPad at the time, but it was an old iPad, you know, I think it was 5 or 6 years old. Um and so I used that for a long time and then it got to the point where it was no longer compatible with Apple's updates. So I thought I need, to, yeah, oh, no, I need to get a new one. And um, a lot of people that do digital art use a Wacom tablet or um, and they use Photoshop. And I have never even tried one. And they're just they were just um, out of my price range, to be honest. And um, and a lot of people say that you know once you use one you'll never go back and they're so good but I was happy with my iPad so I went to the Apple Store and I tried their iPads and they have um, the big iPad Pro now which is I think twelve and a half inch and they have the smaller one they just brought out which is a ten and a half inch and I tried the twelve and a half inch and I just thought it was too big I agree I'm going to sound like crap <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> And so even though I know that, you know, a lot of people say it's good for drawing, I just thought for me, the little one is good. Pinch I can put it zoom. in my <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty of working digitally. You can zoom, you can undo, like what's the difference in having a small one or a big one? <laughs> so I got the small one. So now I, I use the uh, 10.5 inch iPad Pro and I got an Apple Pencil as well. Um which I really like. Um, but I did find that when I started using the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil, I found it a little bit slippery for my liking. Um, and that was just a personal preference. So I also got a matte screen protector. Yeah, so it gives a little uh, no brand, just like fresh out of China. <laughs> hey, there you go. But you really <laughs> like it. It kind of has a little bit like some teeth to it and some friction. That's yeah. cool. I need to try one of those. I just I um I wanted to try it before I committed to buying a good brand one because they can be you know twenty twenty five thirty dollars and so I thought if I'm gonna hate this there's no point in me paying a lot for it up front so I'll just try something similar and see if I like the feel and I do so I should get a new one but it took me so long to get the current one on there that it's not <laughs> you're like uh, it's not coming off <laughs> stressed from having to remove bubbles on a ten point five inch. I know. <laughs> it's hard enough on an iPhone screen, <laughs> let alone an oh, iPad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's man. never happened. That, that screen protector will be on there for life. <laughs> I love it. And then you probably, I'm guessing, use Adobe Draw. Yes. Yep. I use Adobe Draw, which 
I like um, because it's compatible with Adobe Illustrator. So I don't use Photoshop for anything, which is pretty uncommon. Um, but I just really like that kind of flat graphic illustration style. Yeah, the vector art. And so for me, Adobe Draw is perfect for that. And yeah, it's not too complicated. I think it's got like five different brushes and I only use two of them. <laughs> and that's great. and that's really it. No, it's a great program. I love it too. It's really fun to play around in. Um, so those are your tools. And I, and I really kind of like that you've stayed away from Photoshop. I think the temptation with Photoshop is to overcomplicate. Um, and I love the simplicity of what you do. And, and by simple, I don't mean that it's easy. I mean that it's so pleasing to the eye because you stick to what really works. And I think it's great. Oh, thank you. It's fantastic. I'm cheering you on. Cheering you on from the States. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> that's, that's great. And before we started recording, um, I asked about what your future goals and plans are and, and kind of your dream job. And I really appreciated your answer. I don't know if you want to revisit that a little bit in terms of uh, what you're looking towards. Yeah, sure. So I, I've always been one of those people that likes to set small achievable goals that are on the path to maybe a bigger goal, but you keep that right in the back of your mind. Um, I think it was kind of a thing in my family that you don't, you don't boast about these huge goals and dreams you have. You just put your head down and you do the work. And if you get there, that's great. And if you don't, no one needs to know. Like, you know, I think, I think that something that people are really afraid of is um, failure and you have nothing to be afraid of if no one knows yeah. what you're, well, what your goal is, if no one will know you fail. But um, I don't have a specific goal in terms of where I'd like to work, but I do love using drawings to tell a story. I think that's really the important thing for me. And um, although I don't have as much time to put into the pieces that I do for myself and that you might see on my um, social media, I still try to think about what that character is like and what their characteristics are maybe their personality and try and bring that out in the drawing rather than just drawing something that looks nice so I would definitely like to get more down that road of storytelling and whether that's through um, illustrated books or I mean animation would be a huge huge dream come true for me but um, you know that's such a difficult You're seeing field. realistic for now yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I don't think I, it's unrealistic I'm, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you I appreciate that um, I just think anywhere that I could be involved in that storytelling process would be fantastic and whether it was um, you know maybe an animated short or a tv series or a, um, even like an ad or anything where I can tell a story because I'm also really obsessed with expressions and I love practicing expressions and making people feel things when they look at a drawing. I think that's really cool. So um, for me to be able to do more of that, I think is just my goal. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, is there any TV, movies, books, YouTube channels, who knows what, any sort of media you've found really inspiring lately? Oh, there's so much. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, um, I've been revisiting a lot of the stuff that I watched as a kid. Um, when I was maybe 
10 to 15 and like I said I've got a younger brother so I really got to drag out that cartoon phase for myself because I was like oh Jared's only six he can watch cartoons and I'll watch them with him um so I don't think he was really that into it but (laughs) gave me a good excuse so I used to watch a lot of um like cartoon network when we went to friends at our houses we didn't have TVs, but I was obsessed with Powerpuff Girls, yes. Dexter's Laboratory, um, all those kind of shows. I mean, I also really loved Daria, which was not appropriate for me at the time. Um, but my dad loved Daria, so we would watch together. Um, so I've been re-watching Daria, um, Powerpuff Girls. I've been watching um, the kind of, I think it's like a reboot of that. They stopped the original series, I think, in 2007 or 2008, and they just started picking new ones. Um, so I've been re-watching that. Um, I really love the colours and the backgrounds from the Powerpuff Girls. Um, it's got that, like, flat aesthetic that I love. Yeah, it's so good. So I love watching that. Um, and recently on a plane, I also watched the Captain Underpants movie. Yes. <laughs> My kids know, love that too. It. I know, it's so great. It is, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> it's obviously, you know, a little bit silly, but it's, yes. it's hilarious. And I, I read those books when I was a kid and, yes. you know, the flipper mamas with that kind of animation in a book that was a wow moment for me and all the kids in my school so I love that they kept that in the movie and I thought they had some really interesting um storytelling techniques other than just animating the characters they did things like the flipperama and they kind of dive into the comics and stuff um so I thought that was a really good movie um just for something different yeah for sure. Yeah, I took my kids yeah. to see it in the theater and, uh, and yeah, I was definitely surprised. I was kind of expecting there to be a lot of cheap gags, <laughs> but I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is some fun, creative uh, visual approaches. It was really, really fun. That's cool. I love it. Um, it before we uh, close the hour out, my darling, is there anything that you would like to plug, whether it's a social media account or something coming up that you're going to be selling on, you know, who knows, Kickstarter, anything you'd like to plug? Um, well, you can find me on social media. I'm um, Kayla Coombs on pretty much everything. Um, and there I post lots of updates on um, prints that I'm selling in my Etsy store. And there's links to my Etsy store and all of my social media. Um, and I post updates on things that I'm working on. The big one at the moment is this children's book which I'm really excited about I'm really excited to share with people um, because I get approached by a lot of authors who've written children's books and this one guy emailed me and his story was just so good and like I said before that storytelling aspect of what I do is is my favorite and so yeah it was just too good to refuse and so I was like yes I want to be involved in this project I will 100% illustrate your book it's going to be awesome so I can't reveal too much about it yet I'm still in the relative early stages of kind of drafting the illustrations Um, but it's going to be really fun empowering little girls that kind of story and um, you know just about childhood playing with your imagination those kind of that's that's rad i dig it 
Can't wait. Yeah, we'll keep so an eye out for it for sure. Cool. All right. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure, Kayla. Thank you for spending the hour with me and letting me ask you a million questions. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome.